Welcome to NFT Tokenomics Office Hours, Episode 3. My name is Nicholas. Office Hours is a new show that gives NFT and DAO creators a creative and critically constructive environment for workshopping their project's tokenomics. My co-host Django and I are here to help people with a project, a community, or just an idea to refine their sense of who their audience is, what they are uniquely well-positioned to monetize, and how to go to market. On this week's episode, we're joined by three guests. Twitter video creator Gabriel Haynes joins us to discuss Rants for You, a Cameo-inspired project that he and I have built in collaboration. We discuss lessons learned and next steps, an invaluable conversation for crypto creators with a social media audience. Next, Ibn Inglor returns to put the finishing tokenomic touches on his first Juicebox project launch. We discuss token migration for the 45 day one supporters of a mirror crowdfund he ran last year. Finally, Acidic Santana joins us to discuss the details of his recently passed Krauss House proposal to fund a $1,000 bounty for charity claimable by any NBA player who scores 50 points in a game during the 2023 season. If you have feedback, please send me a DM on Twitter at Nicholas with four leading ends or drop into the Juicebox Discord at discord.gg juicebox. Start a thread for your project in the Project Creators channel or join the Office Hours thread for discussion of this show in particular. If you'd like to discuss your project with us on air, please drop into the live recording each Wednesday at 4.20 p.m. Eastern Time, 21.20 UTC. Thanks and enjoy the show. How's it going, Gabriel? Or Gabrielle, I realized from the podcast it's pronounced Gabrielle more accurately. I listened this week to the, the podcast you did on uh, JuiceCast. It was great. Uh, d- did you grow up in Israel or were you just spending some time there? I did not grow up there. I lived there for over 10 years. And you got familiar with the uh, hummus? Well, I've always been familiar. You don't just learn that. That is innate talent, my friend. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Uh, I don't know if SharkDAO is going to end up joining us today, but I'm happy to have you here uh, to talk about... Actually, I'd love to... I mean, we haven't really had much conversation aside from a few DMs about what how the project is going in your mind, the Rants for You project. Um, maybe I'll give a little background for people who don't know. Um, week and a half ago, something like that, uh, Gabrielle and I launched um, Rants for You, which is a project on Juicebox. You can look it up uh, if you go to juicebox.money slash at symbol rants for you. Or if you do a search command K, control K on the website, you can search rants and you'll find it. Um, And that project is inspired by Cameo and actually unintentionally, but a little bit by a project that Gabrielle did previously called Clip2, where you can essentially mint an NFT that gets you a video uh, either a roast or a pep talk. And it was pr- a pretty, pretty successful hit. I mean, the NFTs were kind of expensive. They were 0.1, 0.11 in the second batch. Uh, sold out the first batch in about 24 hours, uh, 12 NFTs. And I think we're almost through the second batch now. I have to look it up. I'm curious, uh, did you have any thoughts on, on, on how it's gone, how it's going? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think it's going great, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, there's a few things, I mean, we could talk about, but um, I think overall, it's really very impressive, very impressive. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when we, just before we launched the project, we were talking and I was saying, you know, I was reflecting on some of the Manifold open editions you were doing, and you were really happy with making, I don't know, like 50 bucks or so from from a particular video, and these have been making a hell of a lot more than that. Uh, I mean, people are prepaying you at current prices, like 170 bucks or 160 bucks for... Uh, a single NF, a single video, which is pretty great. Let's not talk about fiat because fiat is dirty. I like <laughs> ETH pricing. 
0.1 ETH. That's a good price. Check price, good price. <laughs> also, like, uh, I feel like folks are now building their confidence as to what they can ask for. So there's a line somewhere, and it's exciting that everyone is pushing the line. Totally. How's the experience? So I want to talk a little bit more about the mechanics. Basically, the way that it ended up, you you developed a great Twitter thread strategy for dropping these. So you would uh, do the video uh, with, I think, just like a a, a tweet text that's relevant to that video. Then you'd reply to that with, this was a purchased, you know, this uh, rant was purchased uh, by X person mentioning them. And then uh, quote tweeting your pinned tweet, which is a link to the juice box where people can buy their own. And then in the third tweet, you're doing an open edition manifold mint of the video uh, that you produced in response to the, to the rant token, which is what we call the the point one ish NFT uh, to initiate the video. I thought that was a really good strategy. And then in the uh, we recently hooked up a payment address on the project, so you're now pointing the revenues for these open edition mints on manifold back at the treasury. Uh, the treasury goes 100% to you, but I think even just without any kind of sophisticated um, like allocation, uh, just having that activity in the activity feed uh, right next to where people can be minting, I think is really gives a sense of momentum that encourages people to continue minting. Yeah, the activity feed is nice. I think that's a pretty, it's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. I like that. But <clears throat> yeah, there's some, what I wanted to actually just point out, there's a couple things I did with clip, it's clip toe, by the way. Not clip, clip two. Clip toe. Clip toe. Okay. Clip toe. Makes it sound better, right? Um, but there was so one thing that I one a few things I would like to reflect on is I would say that this has been a lot more successful than Clipto. And I think there's another few things I want to contrast. First of all, Clipto was on Polygon. So I think there's when I say 0.1 ETH, I think that actually it's not really a joke. I think that that actually makes a big difference. Because when you see when you say this costs five dollars versus this costs zero point zero zero one ETH. People have different perception, mm-hmm. and and when you're on mainnet and you're charging point one ETH, uh, they're like, okay, uh, you know, that's like uh, one transaction in the bull market, so it's fine, right? Uh, versus you know two hundred dollars. So the pricing uh, makes a big difference, I think, and also having it on mainnet it makes people w- willing to pay more, in my mind. So on Clipto, uh, they were priced in stablecoins in USD. Well, it was priced in Matic, or oh, even like worse. you could pay with you could pay, yeah, it worse, and you can pay you could pay with ETH or, or like wrapped ETH. But even so, like like even if you priced it in wrapped ETH, like you would have to convert it. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that is a barrier, and I think that it really benefits. If I were to relaunch Clipto, I, w- I think that doing it on mainnet makes a lot more sense. Got it. Okay, so so being on mainnet, uh, you're able to get higher prices um, because it feels more comfortable once you're spending so much money on gas to ask for more. Uh, and it's but and it's also something about the value, the implied value of setting such a high price that you think is motivating people to to even do more purchasing in the first place. I think yeah, I think it's like well, it's not about the high price. It's like it's also there's a culture on mainnet. I feel like not every chain has this culture of minting stuff. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I honestly don't know. I I, uh, I sunk a lot of ETH into uh, Gozali's back in the day on Polygon. Uh, but aside from that, I haven't done that much Polygon NFT work. And I don't really know who does. Um, 
Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> that's that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, I I saw today. I saw uh, Matto 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 uh, has this Night Runners project, and they, Zora Zoratopia produced a really high production value video interviewing him about the project, and he's doing lots of work uh, pairing up with other NFT projects to feature them in his game, which will have an NFT mechanic in it. And they dropped an open edition for this video that they did, as Zora is wont to do. And I think they were letting people mint a thousand NFTs in one transaction. I don't know if they're eleven fifty fives or what. I can't. I, they must be, but he minted, uh, I think there's like 50 K minted so far, uh, which didn't make sense to me until I saw that on mint fun, you've got this thousand NFT mint button. Um, but how do you feel about the open editions that you've been dropping connected to these things? Yeah, I, I, I think that it should be. So one thing that I like, if, if this were, um, a standalone project, like I think that d- doing that, like mint more autonomously would be cool like if somehow the buyer could like set the parameters for the mint and then i would sign the transaction and it got minted because it should be something that's obvious and i don't think that people are thinking it uh right now they're thinking like okay we can get a cool shout out whatever but like the 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 crazier the next version would actually be like you know, kind of how we did, like you minted one and then we sold, I don't know how many, uh, on an open edition. And you like, if the, if it was set up correctly, like you would have gotten a rebate essentially right. on the rant. Right. Um, and even if it went really well, you could have got paid. So uh, Juicebox has this affordance. It's not in the UI yet. Uh, and your feedback is definitely going to increase the prioritization of this. But uh, that address that I created, payment address, right now it just feeds 100% of the revenue straight into the project. It could be a split where it puts like 90% into the project and 10% to me because I was the one who minted the rant token in the first place. And yeah, I agree with you. Once you get that loop where it's like, if I can get him to say something so incendiary and funny that people want the open edition, then it can pay for itself or it can even be profitable for me to have done that. So the creative work is not just like generosity or memes. It's like even potentially profitable if I can get you to make fun of something that people are going to want to admit. Think of uh, Gabrielle as the AI and Nicholas as the prompt engineer or whoever buys these as the prompt engineer. And uh, we all know where the, the prompt engineer is, is where uh, the future's at. Yeah, t- sort of. Although, I, I mean, frankly, I couldn't do it w- without Gabrielle. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. There's no AI as uh, creative. Uh, let's let's just, say like this. You are Harvey Weinstein and I am the actor. You produce me actress, into making please. great <laughs> actress. Excuse me. I think it's more like that, a production. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely a very cool collab. I'm super excited that you agreed to do it because uh, you know I had the idea on a Wednesday night talking to somebody else. We talked on Thursday, and then I think by Wednesday of the following week, it was up. And your YOLO energy was very powerful for getting the art together and and not overthinking any aspect of it and focusing on the memes. Um, so definitely like f- fully a collaboration. And yeah, I mean, I think what you're pointing at uh, creating this loop where the funds can, where the original minting can be incentivized and maybe having a specific interface for that either inside of Juicebox or on its own website, I think makes a lot of sense because, uh, I mean, what I want to do is continue. We have a third set of artwork uh, that will go up when these sell out. There's six left of the second collection. So we did 12 
uh, six of each uh, roast and pep talk in the first collection for a total of 12 NFTs at 0.1 ETH. Uh, then we were kind of not sure exactly what to do, but we decided to slightly raise the price to 0.11 and we dropped 14, so two more. In the second set, there's six left, so they're mostly sold out. Someone bought this, bought three of them at one time in a 0.44 ETH transaction that I, I don't know how you're gonna turn that into a video or maybe you already did, but it was a weird, the Bored Apes one was weird. Um, and then we well, have to- okay, let me address that because that's an interesting thing. Like that guy doesn't even really want a video. Mm-hmm. He's like kind of like he's not even he just wanted to like support me, essentially. Do you know the guy? And you he's know the like, person? yeah, well, he messaged me. I mean, I don't know him, but he I, uh, he DM me and he's like he, he's like broadly speaking, I want a video about board apes, but like. Oh, you don't have to post it now. And like, maybe you don't even have to do it. So it's like pretty loose. So it's mostly just a contribution. That's cool. Which is interesting, right? It's interesting that, that it, it, like you have the ultimate say as to what you do and everyone trusts you to interpret the the memo as is. And uh, at any rate, they at least get the opportunity to post a memo uh, on a public feed that someone may or may not come into. I think the opportunity for, to leverage the multiple distributions channels I uh, hear is uh, is kind of a huge win. And I've always kind of felt memos uh, for campaigns that are being hot in the, mo- in the moment, like Constitution Dow and others, uh, are great to as like a paid advertising, paid advertising for for whatever project you're working on or whatever you care about in the moment. I think there might be something to 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 kind of keep doubling down on here, um, especially as other creators are. Um, are potentially in the loop and we can um, like it makes sense for someone during an event to budget a little bit towards uh, leveraging your style and distribution uh, to promote the event and maybe we can package it so it's not just a minute video um, but it's a video and then some other uh, aspects that that serve to promote uh, and, and something that hopefully you also believe in somewhat right so you're not just yelling about about anything although i think that's also a beautiful style i mean i think we got some pretty good traction early on from me i think the first mint i did was nouns dow uh because there's it's been in the water that there's like uh increasing distaste uh or like there had been no criticism of nouns dow because everyone was trying to get their money for a year and a half and then suddenly people started saying critical things publicly so it felt like a, a good time to get you to roast nouns and then brilliantly uh, index card from the nouns community replied with a pep talk for nouns. And I think if we could encourage that dynamic, like Facebook makes all of their money monetizing ar- people's arguments on social media. If we can shift some of that money into creators hands, that is a huge win. Um, I think if it, I, I want to keep going with this project and yeah, I think maybe doing like a split, like, I don't know if I'm producing, I, I frankly, I'm not doing this for the money, but you could split me into, or even more interesting split rather than off the whole of the project, split those uh, open editions coming in through the payment address. I think that's really cool. Um, and I'm interested in trying to this model out with uh, someone who has a completely different practice, not someone in the same domain as you at all. But Django even suggested like Sage, the artist who has drawn the third edition of the Rants for You tokens, she could be doing art commissions uh, through a similar kind of mechanism. Uh, or I was also thinking like, all these femboys have these uh, anime PFPs and sometimes their original artwork, those could also be sold through a similar kind of mechanism where I guess one challenge is like, why would you use Juicebox for this when you could just do it on your own? And I think 
part of the answer is the activity feed, the sense of momentum and building a treasury. And then if the person has a real interest in having some kind of governance or giving the tokens some kind of uh, additional say or long-term value outside of the art, that is also potentially interesting. But but Gabrielle, you don't really want any of that, right? You, you just want to make the videos. Well, I do... <laughs> Well, I like I started crypto like because I do see value in this beyond just me. I mean, but let's go. Let's, let's let's use some of the funds to fund. Uh, I, you know, we can point the funds at a new project that is whatever some new you can call it rants rants protocol or whatever, and it's a front end on top of Juicebox that does that is really tailor made for this. That builds in the open editions. Could go to Juicebox DAO, ask for a grant to fund that, and we could try and build something that, that's purpose built for you and on mainnet. All right. Well, I'm down for that. Um, well, I think that the reason that someone would use this rather than, well, yeah, the reason that someone would use this is for the UI. Yeah. Um, and on that, you know, for that end, I would, one thing that I would suggest is that I think that there needs to be some sort of claim function or like a token burn function because there needs to be an action by which the individual is claiming the rant because like right now it's kind of just, I just kind of know like this person I didn't do yet. So this person I need to do, but I think that having a user buy the rant and then maybe submit a burn, like burn the token to claim it. To claim, to claim the open edition, the issuance of the open edition in response or something. Well, I mean to claim the rant itself, because then you can make the rant token have actual value on the secondary market. Because if it's not burnt, then it's actually still a rant to be used. Uh, do you, so, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, who, who would do the burning, you or the person who bought it? The user. Okay. So the user would buy it, buy the rant, right? They get the token. In order to claim the rant, they need to burn the token. They have to put the token in the slot machine, right? Just from like, uh, I understand, but I'm not sure that adding a second transaction, like if they're communicating all the information they need in the first transaction, is there a reason to maybe they have to do that in order to issue the open edition, uh, which they can start making money from? Like they cl they're essentially claiming the video. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I do. I do feel like a second transaction because once because there's no difference between a rant that's done and a rant that has yet to be done. Right, it's the same token. Right, maybe there's. Know, this is just I, something I'm thinking about. I feel. I feel like the second action could be connected to them issuing, setting up the parameters for the open edition, where uh, they're firstly allowing it to be issued as an NFT, and um, right. saying how much of a percentage they want and what price they want it to be set at and what supply they want. Um, yeah, and that's the that's why you burn the token. Although I could also see them just keeping the token because I don't know. Who cares? The other thing that's interesting that we've been doing, not with a great deal of intent, is batches of these things with different art each time we do a batch. Um, so maybe yep. there is some reason for them to want to keep them because, uh, you know, it's like memorabilia. Well, like, like the, the theory would be like, if you don't claim the token, somehow it can still hold the value. And I don't know, it can increase in value down the line if there's a low supply of rant tokens or something. I don't know. Yeah, I see but what you I, mean. I understand what you're saying. I, I wouldn't I want them. It's also, 
Yeah. I, I just, I wouldn't want them to, I kind of like the idea. I agree with you that it would be good if there was a reason to decrease the supply over time and there's some, but like, let's say I get you to do the nouns now rant and everybody else claims their video and I'm the only one left with a token. But like a year later, I don't really care about the issuance of the open edition for some stale video that people don't yeah. care about so much anymore. So we can think about it, but I think there is something interesting. I do agree that burn mechanics are uh, something Juicebox would benefit from having. You're not the first person to say that to me today, even. Oh, well, yeah, I can just imagine, sorry, just last, just imagine someone like going to a site and then like an animation of the rant token going into like, it could even be a juice box or an arcade machine or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like rant claim. I don't know. I just have that in my head, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's not a bad idea. That. It's not a bad idea. Um, what, what do you think about the price? I, I think you had suggested that we go higher with the second collection and I was a little nervous about going too high. I want to, I wanted them to sell out. Um, do you think we should go up for the next collection, the next batch and what supply for the next batch? Yeah, I think, I think it's okay. I mean, again, like there, there has to be some, you know, you want to benefit the people who tried it early on. So I, I do think it makes sense to raise the price as you sell out. Um, I don't, I don't want to get to a point where just no one buys obviously, but I think there is also something to say about like finding, yeah, finding the balance there. We can also continue to explore upward until we, until we stop selling and then just burn all the ones that are left and go back to a price that is selling. I think it also could make sense uh, to state up front like how much from the treasury you want so you can sell the tokens to benefit the treasury and the treasury however much is in there it belongs to everyone who has paid for a rant and you ahead of time say great i'm gonna take three ETH uh every c couple weeks to do these so then everyone who has contributed before uh has an incentive to help promote the project and get subsequent people to come in and, and, and contribute to the mechanism so we can grow the treasury as like a community um, instead of it all just being directed uh, test, into test, your pocket. Test. Although that is, it seems like it's definitely the, the nugget to start with. And since you have the distribution, it makes sense. But if we're trying to grow like the energy to promote the project, to, to continue sales and sustain sales, it makes sense that everyone who has contributed uh, in the beginning be a part of that success as things grow. Yeah, another aspect is I don't want to go to jail. So <laughs> that's like, once you start doing that, it becomes a security in some sense because there's some return. I'm not a lawyer, obviously. I would like that, ideally, but, and, and that's more like a, that's a, that's a good community model. That's like a more, that's something that's more uh, regen as opposed to degen, perhaps, but it, it's complicated. I'm not sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, there's, there's definitely like it's, it's a delicate thing. And starting from the lens of of a rebate, you know, once we sell volume of this, everyone gets some of their contributions back. Um, so you know, if if the limit is three ETH, you want to make well, if we only sell three ETHs worth, then everyone pays their full amount. But if we sell four ETH then that last ETH is kind of split back between everyone who contributed. So like everyone's price kind of tends downwards the more of these we get out. Um, so there's different ways we can model it. It doesn't have to be a, a, like, a like something that the equation turns out uh, kind of yields profit in the long term. Certainly regen being the goal here. I wanted to 
quickly ask a question or sort of respond in a way to what Django was saying with the overflow and sort of stating how much you want to get up front. I'm wondering, have you thought about, you know, like in terms of a content creator, there could be a moment where, you know, he, the, the creator undervalues what they're providing and perhaps lose that momentum of maybe being able to make a substantial amount of money on this one viral moment because you're locked into something that you said ahead of time. Do you feel like with content creation that the overflow mechanism in juice boxes is going to work or, cause I feel like a lot of creators that I've talked to kind of go like, listen, if I could make this much money, why would I say I'm only going to make this much money? And yeah, you can reconfigure and so on and so forth, but that could be gone later and lose momentum. And maybe I'll just give a little context for people who aren't up to speed. Uh, for example, Chris Black, uh, famous critic of protocols has his project black report on Juicebox. every two weeks he has access to five thousand dollars maximum regardless of how much comes into the treasury if he makes if it makes less than that he can only take out what comes in if he makes more than that it stays in there until the next two-week period where he can claim it this mechanism is called overflow the amount that you make uh, the treasury gains in excess of what you have as a, a payout limit is called overflow okay django you, you can respond uh, i think the question is more for for gabrielle than i Oh, maybe. Well, no, it was, it was actually just in response to what you were saying about saying up front, you know, so he's limited to the amount that he says up front. And I'm just yeah, wondering if that's a detractor to content creators that if you make, you know, you get some momentum, you have some viral moment, you can only pull out this much, you know, like, is that motivating for the content creator? Sure, yeah. I think it totally depends on the creator's intent uh, and what they're trying to build. If they're trying to build a community that fosters other behavior, uh, dope. Um, but if they're trying to capitalize uh, on, on kind of these momentary swings, that might be more favorable. But it sounds like, um, well, yeah, and it's also, it's, it's like the onus is on the community to... to um, like actually access the funds, right? Just because token holders have access to funds in the treasury doesn't mean they're going to burn their their token or whatever to get uh, part of that growth back. Um, instead, they they most people uh, like who are building a community and part of a community may want the creator to keep leading the way. Like they are the leader and like tell us what to do, you know. But having the community ownership bit kind of has gives everyone a sense of purpose along the way. Gabrielle, it really what, depends on what the creator wants to do. Yeah, Gabrielle, what, in your case, what do you think? How much magic internet money can I put in my goddamn wallet? <laughs> well, um, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. What, because, I don't know. I do like, what I like, I think, is the model of um, you pay for the rant. And then if it's a good rant, you can make your money back or more. This way, like, everyone has skin in the game because, like, you know, if you're putting money down for me to make a video, you know, you, that, that means you're, you're either okay with losing it or you're like, this is a fucking good idea. And uh, I'm willing to, like, put my money where my mouth is because, like, I need to make sure, like... <sighs> I've put in the upfront investment. That's the reason that people are 
purchasing it is because, uh, you know, they like what I do, right? Um, and then if they add to it, then I'm happy to share that upside with them. I think there are some creators who I can imagine want to create communities where community ownership is very important to their mission. I think of tiles, tiles.art for the unfamiliar, where the funds for the mint, uh, which had like a kind of uh, ramping price, the when you mint, the funds go into a juice box that is managed by all the minters, which is the nouns model. I think it does make sense for some communities, but I think probably people like you, Gabrielle, feel like you're the one doing the work. So why should you be limiting the upside for yourself for a community who, while they're participating, maybe could have a more direct participation by having some role in the open edition mint rather than this nebulous community role that you maybe don't really, it's not a, it's not a goal of yours a priori. So doing it would be just to appease this pre-existing juice box model from what I understand of your opinion through our DMs and, and this conversation is that like one thing that I think maybe makes sense is take a portion of the revenues and part of the reason that you're paying for these videos is, you know, to get them done and because they want to support you. And the other reason is because a portion of them are going to fund a separate treasury that is dedicated to building the front end that makes this into a fully fledged product that other creators can use really easily. Yeah, I mean, the, but but the thing is, like the, the, the reason they're paying is also in a way is to support my work so that I can continue to improve it. Like if you see uh, my most recent video, which I posted right now, I'll pin it or I don't know how to pin it. Yeah. You gotta but go share it. Yeah. Basically. Um, hold on. Let me see if I can, I don't know how to share it, but anyway, it's with a drone. Like it's sick. Okay. Um, and you know, obviously the drone costs money, but it makes the shit look cooler. So if I get, you know, more money, if I get directly funded for creating content, I'm going to improve it by, you know, whatever, getting a better camera, getting a better studio, whatever, whatever it is that I can do, you know, to, to, to make this thing bigger and better. So just to say, okay, we're putting this in a treasury for the community to manage. Well, like, you know, the community doesn't know what makes good videos necessarily. Um, I do, right? Because I'm the one that's making them. So like that, I, I feel like just putting it in a treasury, it doesn't mean that it's going to be allocated well, right? I, I don't know. It's like you see so many treasuries like, like okay, Uniswap treasury. What did they use their treasury for? DeFi education fund. Have you been educated by this DeFi education fund? No, it's it's bullshit. Like, like what what is going on here? So it's like, I don't know. This totally. whole idea of a treasury, it's not it's it's not so simple, right? Absolutely, like a, a, a treasury governed by a community. An awful idea here, uh, right there with you. Uh, like having like you having access to the funds to improve the the work and the 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 oomph of like energy that you put out there, it makes a ton of sense. Um, but, but communicating where those spends are being made uh, can be productive, right? So folks can kind of see, oh, cool. Like you have this pie in the sky idea and you're going to pull from the treasury to make this happen. And everyone is paying attention to like the behind the stage, behind the scenes thing, uh, can kind of see the whole work in progress. Uh, there might be something there. It's probably nothing. 
Um, like if it, if it overloads, apps, then don't do it. Absolutely. Like if it gets in the way in any means, it's, it's probably not the right idea. But if it manages to kind of uh, like incentivize or support like early supporters of this project uh, in helping push this thing forward, which I think we are like just being a part of the of of this space and, and these conversations is already productive in that sense, then it might be worth pursuing. We did see a version of that with the support for your original, or not even your project, Cup of Joseph's project, supporting your trip to the Bahamas, where people pitched in in order to give you the budget, in order to go chase SBF in the Bahamas. So uh, there, I guess, one interesting thing is maybe the difference between a treasury that is like a long-term treasury, where there's a persistent va voting value to the governance tokens, something like NounsDAO, or Juicebox also has tokens like this, versus something where it's like a really specific uh, ask and then people are supporting that ask directly, which is more like something in the neighborhood of a bounty, uh, Constitution Dow, the original, or your trip to the Bahamas are examples of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's it's just different. Uh, it's different asks. It's like if I had a specific goal, like uh, super massive had a specific goal. He's like, I'm hitting 50K <laughs> donations no matter what. And he just like kept grinding till he did. I don't really have that. I mean, that's, and if I did have, but if I did and I'm like, I really want X and I need to raise X to do it, I think I could do that anyway. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There may be some value in, in having a bigger goal, like um, attached to your main product, like for instance, pointing some portion or in some way participation in buying videos from you is also building out some something bigger than just the videos may in a not easily quantified way increase people's motivation to participate in the project over the long term because it's more than just this it's also some vaporware front end uh you know i i guess that's the board apes model um but maybe that ha having at least the aspiration to have some vision beyond just the direct product the direct utility of the token um but uh, my my short opinion on what you're doing is the best thing we can do to propagate this um, this form of project and form of minting, uh, aside from the idea you mentioned of getting people who are participants to also be able to make money, is just for you to make money. I think when people make money, people notice and they start to replicate that model. So as long as you're getting paid and then even better, if the minters are also having an opportunity to recoup costs or make money, uh, then people will pay attention and other creators will start imitating the model. Yeah, for sure. Another thing is like one, one thing that I... Personally, I don't like to promise too much mm -hmm. because promising can really get you into trouble, especially in crypto. So if you say that you're going to do X, Y, and Z and people put their money for it and you don't do it, to me, that is really, really bad. So leaving it just leaving it open to be like, hey, if you want to support me, this is great. Like, but don't like, don't expect anything, but. But on the other hand, you can see that I've made videos every day for however many years. So it's like, you know, there's some there's 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 a level of trust in that, you know, without. And that's what the thing is. I don't want to explicitly say, you know, unless unless I have a very high conviction in whatever it is I want to do. I don't want to explicitly say, oh, I'm just I'm, I'm aiming toward this just because I want to aim for something. Sure. Sure. Uh, Jiggly, you had a question. Yeah, or I wanted to like riff off what Stevie G was was saying. How um, he was asking whether 
the juice box mechanism is unfavorable when something is viral um, because you can't change it. But I think that's a huge advantage. Like you can ride the virality and get, you know, collect ETH into your treasury, but still stick to your original plan, right? And the ETH is still there to be distributed later. It kind of, so I, I just see it as a huge advantage. Like it, you're still collecting it. You can still redeem it later. Uh, and it just builds trust that you're not going to just go put it on some wallet and never create content again. And it incentivizes you to like keep, you know, keep the community happy and keep making content because you have that smaller distribution. It's just like, I feel like it keeps your head level too. So putting that up. Yeah, like the, the uh, like how this would look would be imagine like a, uh, every two weeks, you, there's four, four ETH from the treasury or however much can go to your wallet and the rest just accumulates there. And then uh, eventually when we have an idea, like, great, let's buy a drone or a great, let's buy the studio. And we look and there's like 30 ETH excess in the treasury. Then we can explicitly schedule it, right? So it's not over-promising. It's just like you and everyone else sees there's built-up potential here. Only you have access to it. Um, and then you can be like, great, let's take 10 ETH and put it here. Or like take 10 ETH, put it into my wallet and spend it on this. Or, hey, it's time to 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 collect the magic internet beans into my wallet and then kind of uh, up that weekly, but kind of keeping this this more this more cash flow model where if you have excess this month, um, you know that you can now rely on that cash flow over the next four months if you don't do anything else. Or if you do, let's keep writing it up and then make these uh, these uh, or rather, you, you can do it all alone, obviously, like allocate it. But if folks see stuff accumulating, folks may contribute to the ideation and, and support and be a part of that, that story, which could be useful. The goal is absolutely right, though, uh, to, to maintain sustainability and to get you paid. There's no question about that. Everything else is, uh, should not get in the way of that. Yeah, I have the sense, I don't, Gabriel, if you want to respond to that, go for it. Um, if not, um... I have the sense that it depends on the temperament of the creator. I could see something like uh, the Rehash podcast, where they're very community-oriented. The community is now picking their podcast guests 100% of the time. The community is now becoming a resource to the podcast where it's finding ideas and making connections to other people in the ecosystem that maybe the hosts don't have directly. It's, a, it's an asset and a resource that they wouldn't have had if they didn't hand that power over to the DAO. Uh, however, I think they're... my maybe pessimistic impression is that probably most creators don't want the overhead of dealing with it, but those who do will really benefit from it. Someone like Chris Black, who has a strong moral compass about the kind of work that he's creating, it's very important for him. And he describes in videos that were posted this week on the Juicebox DAO uh, YouTube, um, that it was very important for him to uh, be able to set a maximum salary per duration uh, as a kind of promise. And if he stops delivering, people are able to redeem the tokens that they put in to get some portion of their original uh, donation back, whatever hasn't been spent yet. So I feel like it kind of depends on the creator's temperament. Uh, Hollow LZ, you want to say something? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, can you hear me? Yep, sounds good. Sweet. Um, Gabriel, first of all, big fan of your art, sir. Um, end of compliment. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask a question. Uh, I know you mentioned uh, doing badges. Um, and uh, for me, I, maybe it's also a piece of feedback, but um, would there be a, sort of like a way to set a soft target for your um, campaign? So let's say for now, it's uh, either, you know, you have a limit and then you have, you know, overflows and a bunch of other levers. But what would, let's say, for example, what I did is I, uh, 
I just set a certain amount of um, NFTs and calculated how much they would essentially be contributed for. Um, let's say the purpose of 10 ETH. And um, I, I would, you know, wouldn't either set a limit and say that this is like, say, season one. It's not a hard limit because I don't want to deal with redemptions and you know, further complicating the mechanics, but sort of like a sort soft limit for a batch or for, um, you know, of NFTs or let's say batch of videos, or it's a season one production um, in our case uh, where we would release the tokens. And I wanted to uh, then, you know, make a comment on the second thing. It's the forward looking statements, uh, which Gabriel mentioned. And so depending on how many uh, contributors you have, the profile of those contributors and such, um, you know, there there should be um, sort of like a, a path uh, to still manage uh, your, you know, uh, treasury with juice box, but also be on the right side of compliance and know when and if you would need to uh, maybe choose a, a registered desk or go for crowdfunding or whatnot. So uh, in, in this particular case, uh, what I want to say is um, just, you know, we're not even making forward looking statements. What we're saying is that we have a soft goal of 10 ETH and we want to produce a season. And so we will then maybe auction the complete season or let's say for, for some episodes and the money will go, the ETH will go back to the treasury so that the treasury can be maintained. But know that if we hit the soft target, we're going to withdraw and start producing without a future promise. And then once we produce and have the badge that we can sell or auction, then the monies go back to the treasury. And thus we make those tokens that you'd receive uh, somewhat um, usable in, in, you know, in, in future, um, sort of development. So, um, yeah, I, I, sorry, I don't want to take too much time and go into the token mechanics, but that would be just sort of like my two cents about maybe having like a soft target, um, which doesn't exist kind of now, unless you explicitly just, you know, uh, pointed out, uh, to me, it was the only way is to basically just limit the number of NFTs and the prices per NFT. So that, you know, if I reach that, uh, that would be sort of like my first withdrawal to, uh, to start doing something. I'd also say there you could justify the pricing uh, using uh, like point one and point one one are great. I love how it's increasing each season, uh, and the seasons are three or four days long. Like brilliant, so good. Um, but I I think like folks would be willing to pay more if there was um, if if it was of interest to state the higher. Uh, like w- working goal, and it's not a promise um, by any means. Um, but if it again, if it distracts from the day to day, just I'm a video creator and I don't want to deal with or talk about anything else, um, then like put a stamp in that and let those around you do the the work of figuring out uh, like what the next season could look like. That's Nicholas for pulling that that mechanic out. Like. Uh, here's a question. Like, okay, let's take Chris Black. We were using him, right? So, what is he? I haven't looked at his page, but I'm assuming it's kind of like, um, what is he selling? What is yeah, he? He's, is he's it- really just selling membership tokens. There's no function, no utility. Uh, and I suggested to him a couple things, uh, which I would love for him to, to pick up. One of them is he's which uh, he one of them is to sell uh, audits essentially or whatever protocol analysis that he does at a, high, a very high price. I think he could sell that for fifteen ETH or more. Uh, 
um, and just pay people to get him to talk about them unvarnished, honestly. Uh, but I know in the past he, he, he was on a juice cast episode, uh, right before you, right after you, I don't know. Uh, and he mentions that he had done that in the past and wasn't felt that it was maybe not totally ethically sound. Uh, although he mentioned that he's considering doing it again in the future. So I don't know the parameters of that. The other idea I had for him that I thought would actually be more fun is could we come up with a front end that lets you essentially like do a tug of war where detractors of him like can we monetize his detractors his haters on twitter so you can like pay 0.01 eth and throw a tomato at chris black or something like can we start to turn the controversy that he generates on twitter into something where he's benefiting financially not only from the supporters but also from the detractors and let you dunk on him for money uh, and let him collect the money i think i think people would actually do it uh, even people who don't like him or dislike him i think it would turn it into a fun thing well I don't know about that. I dunk on him for free, so I don't know why I need pay. But regardless, he's selling um, – it's a membership, right? And that's that's kind of what I'm trying to say. It's a little bit of a difference between what I'm doing because it's what I'm selling is not a membership. It's um, you're, you're buying a product, right? You're buying the rent. And once the rant is delivered, it's done. It's not an ongoing thing. Like it would be different if I'm saying, okay, I'm going to do a weekly podcast and only if you're holding this NFT, you can watch. That's a different thing, right? Yeah. I, the, the whole rants project came out of my desire to come up with disposable tokens so that people could, creators could ha generate recurring revenues. If it's ex disposable, then there's a reason to mint again. I, I, it's two things, right? It's you're buying the rent, but as you said earlier, like they're supporting you. They're they're buying a contribution to your art and your work, and that doesn't really have a singular price. It's nice that this mechanism has a standardization of that, um, but my instinct is people would be willing to pay more if if uh, or like even straight up. Um, but uh, if, if there was some kind of like yeah like overarching hey let's accumulate let's let's put some funds tucked away so you can look at those funds at any point and be like great now let's allocate to this like mega rant right or some like kind of hour long or some like i don't know and yeah chris's is just a donation box essentially and you get like, like one of three jpegs that don't mean anything and i don't think he tries to pretend they mean anything other than that there's like potential things he wants to do in the future, but I don't even think he's committed to them or is convinced of those ideas either. I wouldn't read too much into that. Yeah, listen, one thing that I really want to do is I want to do like a weekly podcast uh, in the studio. Um, you know, I do a podcast, you know, when I can from my computer and mic, like whatever mic I have. But I would like to do that uh, more regularly in a nice environment. Uh, with you know maybe a producer or whatever but the thing is um if i wanted to, like i think it's a separate thing like i will like if i wanted to raise i don't know 10 grand to build the studio whatever it is then i would just make a new page and say if you want to contribute to this um you know this is what i want to do this is what it's for and you know this is what you'll get yeah i think i think you can do either i don't think there's like a correct answer i am a little um, I do think that the majority of creators probably do want to just create and not deal with the additional, but at the same time, I think for instance, the Bahamas project could have been from the slush fund, uh, of if, if rants for you had launched first, uh, you could be 
holding away 50% of it, it stays in the treasury or something, or you only have limited access every duration. And then that's a slush fund that you can then say, hey, I'm going to spend a bunch of this to go to the Bahamas and do this silly project. And maybe that drives further rants for you, minting, for instance. Um, but I am a little wary, at least uh, as it regards to my role at Juicebox, with depending too much on every project having to have a huge amount of overhead. I think it's suitable for some, but I think the reality is a lot of people don't want to deal with it, even if it would be empowering to the fundraising around their their project. Like I think if Rants for You was reserving some cash for sending you around the world or building a studio or whatever, people might be even more inclined to do the Rants because of that. Uh, but maybe that's just not how you want to manage things. You can also do multiple treasuries that are interacting. Yeah, plus one. And it's awesome that we're it's such a luxury to be having this conversation as opposed to how do we keep the rants going, which I think is really the, like the more uh, like pressing question that we don't really feel an urgency towards right now. We can daydream a little bit more about uh, potentially like more nuanced things um, and, and think like anything you, you add needs to be in service of that sustainability to make sure that Hey, there is runway here to experiment. Listen, I, I do I do really think it is important. I do think that it is important for people to be able to say, hey, I want to put down money for you, for you to do this. Like the Bahamas thing. I, I think that is super important because if someone's willing to put down money, it shows that it's like, uh, you know, a legitimate ask. Um, and I'm and, you know, I'm open. I, I want that. You know, I do want that. And think conversely from the community's perspective, it's it's very uh, it gives it gives people confidence. If you were to open up a treasury yourself, I know the, the previous one was Cup of Joseph, and you didn't have a role in, in that that launch. But if you were to open something yourself in the future, to seed that with some uh, vote of your confidence, and like, hey, this is what uh, I want to prioritize, uh, I think people would 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 pile in after you and, and help make it a reality. So it's a very cool. Uh, optimistic future um super super like stoked for for the work you do got a quick question here i'm curious to hear other sort of like creators thoughts on ideal stack for the web3 creator so launching a podcast and some long-form content and it just feels like there isn't you know this very integrated approach right now i think lens is probably the nearest um very crypto native way, right? To to kind of keep everything contained, but even the sort of like cross chain issues, lenses on Polygon. You might be, we're talking about minting um, on or leveraging mainnet as your sort of primary source. Like, curious to sort of hear more of what you guys have seen as successful like creator stacks and where Juicebox has um, played into that, or outside of Juicebox as well. Gabrielle, any any thoughts or? Uh... Well, uh, outside of Juicebox, I mean, Manifold has been you know. Very impressive. I think it's definitely a breakthrough platform. Short answer, Manifold. Good app. <laughs> Juicebox, good team. Yeah, it's crazy because even what Manifold offers is really so basic. It's wild how long it took for us to get such a basic tool out there. But it, it is it is great that it exists. As far as distribution goes, that, that is the hardest question, right? Is great. How, how do you connect... Like maybe we have the money rails on on chain somewhat uh, improved and working, but the the social rails and the distribution stuff is very difficult. And oftentimes, uh, when starting treasuries, it's a lot easier for for project owners to come with a community 
uh, at least 20 ish, you know, and, and more people who can kind of seed the momentum of that treasury. Um, we're, we're, we have a lot of kind of ideas and, um, and research in place for figuring out how to relate to, to lens better. There's something there. It's not quite clear to me at, at least yet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have to, uh, applaud kind of the, the, the aspect of consistency over time. As Gabriel was saying, it takes a lot of work and a lot of risk of like just time and effort and hopefully love, uh, to, to get to the place where you have, uh, a, a refined, uh, style that folks, uh, resonate with, but it's not easy. And some folks get, get lucky or find some particular strategy along the way um but kind of leveraging each other in different kind of overlapping communities to um to support one another uh, in that mission in that kind of journey to find wider distribution i think it's pretty important yeah i would say um you know i i'm not sure that lens really has the distribution i think lens will be successful when it uh, deviates further from existing web two social media and leans, I mean, it already does lean somewhat into the collecting, but I think, uh, these things will be more successful when they do things that their web two alternatives cannot do primarily. Uh, so I think like a juice box integration over on, on lens would be really awesome for that reason, because Twitter's never going to let you fundraise crypto, uh, directly in the interface. Um, I think what Gabrielle has done is, is a pretty good template, which is have a huge following on a social media where people actually spend their time, not where it virtue signals Web3 allegiance, but actually people don't spend that much time or not so many people spend a lot of time, but not really enough people to support you. Um, so focus on where people actually spend their time uh, that are fit for your audience. Maybe that is Lens, but just given the you know burgeoning state of it, it's, it's not a huge number of people who are paying a lot of attention over there. However, if your content is lens centric, that's the ideal place to be. Um, and then monetize, however, makes sense. There are, yeah, Manifold, um, I mean, Foundation has been good for illustrators. Sound XYZ has been good for musicians in some ways. Um, uh, I would look at what Rehash is doing if you want to do something that's very community owned for a podcast. It sort of depends on, on who your audience is. Uh, Aussie XRP, uh, did you have a question? Oh, good day, everybody. Hello. Uh, thanks for uh, inviting me up. I do appreciate it. I um, I just actually saw that Gabrielle was live, and I'm a massive fan, so I just really wanted to say hello. Hello, Gabrielle. How are you? Good day, mate. We're cooking up some barbie from down under. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm talking to you in person. This is awesome. Um, yeah, it's great, thanks. It's actually Australia Day here today. Oh, congratulations. Um, some people... Some people call it Invasion Day, um, but, you know, they didn't actually invade as such on this day. So there's a bit of, uh, you know, political difference of opinions about the day, but, you know, everyone has the day off and um, everyone has a barbie. Um, I've uh, I've got a wife and four kids and they're actually going to go around to my wife's friend's house and I'm going to have a bit of peace and quiet for a couple of hours. So I'm looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, that's basically about it. I, I'm sure that you're all um, having a good chat about NFTs and stuff. I'm quite interested in, in all of that stuff anyway, so I'll carry on listening. Um, but, yeah, really, I was just sort of starstruck. You know, one of my Twitter heroes was uh, in the room and, uh, yeah, I was just trying to have a little bit of a conversation with Gabrielle and say hi. Did you see Gabrielle? I was actually in, in the shops the other day and I saw a machete for sale and 
Honestly, if I had your address, I would have bought it for you and sent it to you. Oh, that's my daughter. Sorry about that. But I really appreciate that. Uh, that's very kind of you. And my daughter appreciates it as well. How old's your daughter? Uh, a little over a year. Yeah, Gabrielle, why don't you just give us your address? <laughs> Gabrielle, let your daughter speak as well. Don't be ageist. I will set up a P.O. box at some point. Do they let you ship machetes to P.O. boxes? Anyway, thank you, Ozzy, Let's for coming it. through. <laughs> it looks very cold where you live, Gabrielle. And maybe send a kangaroo jacket or something instead. Go, yeah, go Minta okay. Rant NFT. Minta Pep Talk for uh, Australia Day. I tell you what, if you're into NFTs, can I send you one of my NFTs? We actually, uh, my, <laughs> we actually made some uh, NFTs with my daughter. It was just basically a little bit of a charity gig. So um, she's autistic, and uh, we, we give half the money to a charity called Autism Swim. So, um, yeah, we tried to sell them on Sologenic before XS20 came out. And then I've just been so busy with other stuff. I've not actually um, been able to sell them on uh, XRP Cafe or anything else yet. But that is on the plan for uh, 2023. But I do have, I do have, still have some Rosie May NFTs um, that haven't got a good home yet. So if anyone wants one, just um, follow me and send me a message, and then uh, with a wallet address, and I'll send you one over for free. Great, great, perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, next up, Ibn, I know you wanted to talk about, we have two more people to talk about and uh, talk to, and it's been an hour. So uh, I want to try and get through the next couple people. First up is Ibn Inglor talking about music, his music NFT project. And afterwards, we're going to be talking to Castbots, aka Acidic Santana, uh, who is organizing a project with Krause House uh, that is going to be very interesting too. Uh, so Ibn, um, we want to talk about you dropping a project in order to collect um, all the funds you're generating, all the revenues you're generating from NFTs across the Ethereum space into a single place. Is that right? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm um, looking to um, structure out the the DAO and just like a, um, in a way that kind of like helps benefits me and my, my my artistry and have the DAO like governed um, governed by you know the, the community and help me like make decisions on like what single to release to DSPs first from the project or what you know, music videos to release, uh, or shoot what songs to shoot music videos for. So. Okay. So you, I know you already have this danger DAO. You drop tokens on Coinvice uh, to be a member of danger DAO, their NFTs. Um, is that the same thing or is that a different thing? That's a different thing. That was a, a membership campaign that we did. Um, a little a crowd race that we had did just to um, test the membership uh, NFT uh ideology to see like if that's something like creators would actually want to do and if it's something that like would be able to be sustainable for a uh, different revenue uh, source of revenue for artists okay so not the same project we can ignore danger zone and those nfts the coins wasn't the same the coins wasn't the same but uh the project is still the project is still the same thing yeah like the the music the nfts that dropped on sound is the, still the same thing essentially that's going to be for um so you're trying to create a DAO of your fans who can have some influence on your career and creative choices. My question is, yes. do we have to pay attention to the existing Danger Zone NFTs? Are they involved in that or can we ignore them? You can ignore them. You okay, ignore great, them. Yep. great. Uh, for now, we can maybe later on reintegrate, but let's, I'm just trying to get simple to something we can actually launch. 
because yeah. for for those who don't know, Ibn was on last week. We also talked about this project last week. So trying to get a little uh, momentum to to get something onto mainnet. Um, okay, so you want to get, and you also had a mirror crowdfund a long time ago, and there's an ERC twenty floating around um, from that that was issued on the basis of the mirror crowdfund. Are we thinking about those people, or can we set them aside temporarily also? Uh, I am thinking about them um, because essentially they're like the first 45 people that's uh, in the DAO. So um, definitely want to reward them in some type of capacity. Okay. And when you say in the DAO, you mean the Ibn Inglor DAO. Again, we're not talking about Danger Zone at all. Uh, I get you. I get you. Ah, I didn't think about um, that's actually uh, kind of got me thinking there. So yeah, they'll be in the Ibn Inglor DAO. So that's why they'll be able to, well, when we put something on, when we launch the Ibn Inglor juice box, uh, I'll be able to give the a percentage of the NFTs that come into, into that. Okay, so to simplify, the only existing audience that you need to somehow upgrade into a membership into this Ibn Inglor juice box are the people who are on that Mirror Crowdfund. Do we also need to pay attention to the people who've minted on Sound XYZ, your songs, or on other Zora, et cetera, or, or yes. not? Yes, we want them to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, no, essentially, I, I'll say no. I'll say no out the gate. I'll say essentially we worry about like the first, the early adopters. And then everyone who's minted, because they're the ones who have the ERC-20. So everyone who's minted on sound, they just are holding NFTs of mine. And um, I would like to reward them with uh, some, you know, with a certain type of, in, in some type of way, but essentially we'll be focusing on like the early adopters. Okay. So it's these first 45 people who have the mirror tokens who we're trying to somehow incorporate into stakeholding in this new Ibn Inglor juice box project. And later on, we can come back and look at the danger zone and the sound, and the sound XYZ and Zora mints, and maybe somehow also give them a share. Gotcha. Is that, okay. is that, is that correct? You tell me, I mean, I'm following you. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. That, no, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Okay. One great. more yeah. question. Uh, are, is there some collective funds already that to kind of start, uh, some governance over the funds or are we starting from just the idea of governing a sense of purpose, um, and, and future work and not kind of a governing the allocation of some already established funding? Um, there is no funds right now, so it'll be just the the second point you you was you was making Django. Cool. Gotcha. And and then so part of this started with because uh, we we had some discussions. It was a little confusing, so trying to simplify things. Uh, today we had a brief conversation in Discord over um, can we just point the like you dropped a Zora NFT uh, today or yesterday? Is that right? Yep. Today with yep uh, the uh, performance meant from Arbago. So for instance, we could try to airdrop some tokens or other, or put on the reserved list, the people who were in your, the mirror token holders, create a new project, and then point the revenues uh, on a going forward basis from the Zora Mint and from future Sound XYZ Mints into this Ibn Inglor project, which uh, will essentially be paying you, but allow them to have some kind of governance role in, in creative decisions. Does that, does that make sense? Does that sound good? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's essentially yeah, what, I'm, what I'm aiming to do. Yeah. And do you foresee the people who are members of the Ibn Inglor project uh, having their membership represented by a fungible token or an NFT? I say a fungible token. Okay. Is there any particular reason or just, just like that? Yeah, just, just like that. I think um, uh, a fungible token just would, would be a little bit more easier to, um, not easier, but like it just repre represent everything that we're doing a, lot bit, a, a bit better than just the NFT. Okay, and then do you want the members of this pro Ibn Inglor project to be able to uh, refund some of their tokens and get a share of whatever's in the treasury? Or do you want them to just have a governance role, maybe voting on Snapshot or in Discord, something like that? I think starting out, I just think 
in like governance. Um, and then like if it gets to the point, I'm, is it is it changeable at any given point? Um, or like yep. once it's done, it's done. Cause yep. we got, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I would say starting out just governance. And then once it gets to like a certain point, like let's say, uh, the treasury reaches a certain X amount of dollars, then it's like, okay, we'll, we'll start to implement like the, the um, redemption. Yeah. So it, it sounds like, um, uh, like the reason that folks would, would ask you to make some song over another song or, uh, suggest moving in one direction over another direction is because once that work's done and it's up for sale, that that song might drive more network effect, more traffic, more attention, more revenue back into the shared treasury. So there's kind of this overtime uh, like regenerative effect of making choices and then keeping the rewards and that the feedback loop will inform what's working and what's not and how to evolve and change over time. That's kind of the effect you're going for. That on top of uh, helping um, push just the whole narrative forward as far as like Web2 um, and just mainstream releases also. So it's uh, the way I see it is you help me figure out which songs to put on Spotify, Apple Music and all that from the project. And once that gets, you know, attention and gets traction and uh, royalties start rolling in from that, then the royalties from those songs will kind of come back into the shared treasury as well. So it's kind of like a... Um, just a way to you know involve the community and helping me figure out like my creative process moving forward yeah i want to jump to stevie g who has a question in just a second but first i wanted to ask um is this a real governance problem i'm surprised you don't want to put out every song that you publish as an nft on spotify essentially i do but i'm just focused on the the dangers on ep that was just released because i released it in as an nft first and now i'm just moving it now i'm moving into pushing it into the dsp and mainstream world Okay, but why would you want to ask people for permission to do that? Don't you like definitely want to do that? No, I'm, well, I'm asking them to, I'm asking them to like not not for permission to do that exactly because I mean it's going to go to DSPs regardless. But just to help me, you know, just uh, engagement and trying to figure out like you know which songs do, did they resonate with the most. So it's like okay, I have two singles in mind that I want to throw out for um, the first single into DSPs. I can't really make my mind up. Can you guys help me make this decision? Type of vibe. Okay. Okay. Uh, Stevie, you wanted to t toss in? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to sort of follow up on some of the ideas that we've been talking about, um, about this project. One is that the treasury is used as a way to obviously collect the funds and the community part is really about talking through certain things that he wants to do with his music. For example, the distribution, merchandise, touring, all those types of things. And so the NFT holders would have the rights to basically first rights to get certain things like merchandise or tickets or behind the scenes or whatever it might be. And so kind of came up with this idea because of the pre-existing NFT holders, uh, this idea of like what we call G holders, you know, and, and Genesis holders. And so they're the beginning. And the treasury is open. So, I mean, it's open-ended. There's not like a, a hard, fast uh, minting window. And that way it allows for new fans to come in with a discount rate and a reserve rate, you know, basically tapped in. So once the G holder mint is done, then people could still join the DAO and, and join them. But, you know, to me, I agree with you, Nicholas, it's not so much a community 
governance thing. It's more of a having a hand in like the process of creating and, um, you know, sort of like following along in the journey. And so if the model that that is presented works, then the hope would be to bring in another artist to be able to do the same thing and continue to like sort of create a record label almost at the end of the day with a bunch of different artists. And so the community still is able to vote and have some sort of governance on some of the operations, but I, I kind of agree, not necessarily like what song is going to be released or things of that nature. Um, more like, Hey, I'm, I'm putting together a tour, you know, here are the cities from the community that's asked me to come and play at this city or that city. Um, I could only pick 10. So where should we, you know, what should we do? Where should we go? Mm-hmm. Things of that nature, more, more like just, Hey, let's, let's get these fans involved. Fandom. I think um, just with the the building a studio or the artist stuff, to me, that's sort of the danger zone project. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I'd like to separate concerns so we can actually get something done. So maybe some of the more expansive vision of somehow engaging other musicians in a collaborative effort. Am I correct to say that that is kind of the heart of danger zone? Or is that is that part of Ibn Inglore project also? That is the heart of the the DAO. Yeah, that's the well, which DAO, yeah, which DAO, the Danger Zone DAO. So. Okay, okay, okay. So, so let's put that aside. For it's a nice ambition for the long term, but just like we're having trouble focusing on getting something done. So, I think the main thing I'm seeing here as the value is um, creating a new happening and a consolidation token event for people who have the vestigial mirror ERC twenty, your forty five uh, day ones. So you want to give them a token and you want that token to be associated with a juice box project, not so much that they have redemption, but so that they have a representation of their connection with you. And then you want to point all of the NFT revenue that you're making across Web3 into that treasury. So those people can see that the token that they have is associated with an ever expanding treasury as you are dropping these NFTs, which you are successfully selling across several platforms. Is that a is that an okay summary for a first step for what you could do? Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. I think that's that that gets the ball rolling in a, in a way that um, cre- starts to create traction and visibility. So I like it a lot. And then also with the uh, the artwork pieces that'll be dropping from like for um, the seven daily sand artwork pieces that I'll be dropping on top of that too. So I think that I think that'd be cool. How many art pieces do you have in the collection? Seven. So it was seven songs on the project, and each had a um, a, a deadly sin attached to it. So we have seven different. Uh, we have like just greed, envy, sloth, um, raft, and all those things. So it's a, it's and, a and the 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 main like happening here is that we're moving songs onto Spotify. That's like a new uh, a new thing, right? These songs are currently not on Spotify. Correct. Yeah. So none of the none of the Danger Zone AEP songs have made it to mainstream DSPs just yet. How many How many plays do you expect to have on like the top song on the album in six months? At least over uh, five to ten thousand, with the proper marketing yeah. and the proper um, um, exposure and some of the some of the plays that we do as far as you know um connecting with fans and just building the building the brand back up because my uh web 2 audience isn't like as uh what i'm trying to say it's not um 
it's not a bad audience. So I'm pretty sure that we could garner a good amount of attention uh, once we start releasing singles and music videos and stuff like that. What's the time frame of that you want to drop on Spotify? March 8th is the date. Like the first week of March, I'm looking. So that's why I was really trying to get something up and running pretty soon because I wanted to... Uh, we have to upload the song at least three to four weeks before the the, the projected release date that we want to aim for. Um, and then have it up by... Uh, by at least like gotcha. the first week of March, yeah. And how many uh, tokens do you imagine uh, of each type? Uh, the se- there's going to be seven like NFTs, and how many of each? One or multiple? I just I just think one across the board for the for the entire project would would be better. Cool. Can I, uh, Instead of like per 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 cent. Very pie in the sky idea. Um, it likely won't be the best way forward, and it have to be a commitment. But I wonder if you could monetize a prediction market of how many listens a particular song or the the sum of all songs on the record will have at a certain point of time in the future uh, uh, in a tournament style potentially like the ones uh, we've been running for for the defifa tournaments like the world cup and the nfl one that we've been running where essentially up front folks would not just mint the songs but they would mint a spread of how many listens they think a song is going to have at a particular date in the future. So if I think the song is going to have 10K to 11K, I can go and mint that NFT. If I think it's going to have 11K to 12K, that NFT, maybe we have a few spreads. And then uh, we have kind of, uh, there's a minting period where folks can can essentially mint their, their spread of choice, any number of them, and then minting is closed. And then some part of the accumulated pot there goes to fund the, the treasury and the rest gets distributed uh, at that date in the future once we know the answer, right? So everyone kind of both plays into an opportunity to actually benefit. Uh, they play into uh, something that benefits your treasury and they also benefit from promoting uh, the, the record to actually hit the number that they are trying to get it within uh could be an interesting i mean it'd certainly be a commitment and be something very new um but it it would tie a few different communities together and be a really interesting um model for for actually taking this pretty loosey-goosey social number of the spotify plays and bringing it uh, via on-chain financial mechanics gotcha that actually sounds pretty tight i see that um within the time span i guess we're working I think it might be um, a little too soon to to try to work that like idea out because we're still in the stage of like building the community and having like more active members and stuff like that. So, but I do like that idea a lot, Jacob. I think that's super tight. Uh, what date did you we say you're, you're going to drop on the side? You guys are there at the same time. No, go for it, Jacob. Uh, yeah, I think the like if if this if, if this idea would were to be experimented with, it probably we just need like your blessing. Uh, and we would do it on the side, um, like alongside of whatever campaign uh, you want to do as your as your primary drop. Um, but I think it could be an interesting experiment uh, that wouldn't have to be the main focus, but maybe could become it if it if it does so organically. Um, but definitely don't want to waste uh, kind of your precious attention and focusing in on that. We already kind of have the the tournament mechanic in place. We just have to apply it and figure out some of the the nuances to actually apply it to music which we've never done before. But it, it's, it's, it has been a decent fundraising mechanic for a few, a few projects in the past. 
I think that would be a cool mechanic to add on um, once we get a, a main treasury up for this project that you can now start pointing multiple revenue streams. So my, my goal here is to come up with just a basic tokenomics so that we can convert these 45 day ones into token holders in your new project and then create a payment address so that you can start forwarding your Sound XYZ, your Zora and all future mints into this treasury. You can still be taking 100% of the collected funds to yourself personally whenever you want. Um, maybe you consider if you want to set yourself a max cap per duration to inspire confidence in your your uh, your fans. But uh, either way, I think it would just be good to have a growing number on that juice box page that just indicates like, wow, there is momentum behind this person, behind this musician, this artist. And it's even more meaningful when I go and mint a one-off uh, sound edition or Zora edition because it's contributing to this total total volume raised over the whole life of the project. Um, does that, I think that's, I think that's a good first step. The one thing I want to, I two, uh, maybe critical remarks, uh, worth considering. I think maybe NFTs would make more sense for the ownership than fungibles. I'm not totally sure. I understand why you're choosing fungibles over NFTs. Um, the, the main reason, the main advantage I think would be if you intend eventually to enable redemptions, to let your fans basically cash out as a part of the treasury uh, by burning their tokens, then there's an advantage to them being fungibles instead of NFTs because they can cash out a fraction of their position rather than the whole position. But my sense is that as a musician who is trying to make it in this world, it's pretty unlikely that you really want to enable redemptions uh, or, or significant redemptions, uh, maybe a very small amount uh, symbolically. But I can't imagine that a musician in, in this world really wants to... Uh, unless there's a specific reason, really wants to give their fans a way to get the money back. Um, so I, I kind of think NFTs might make more sense here. It seems like both though too, right? Like the, the, the NFTs as the products being sold um, and the things being collected, whereas the membership being the decision-making uh, entity being a separate thing uh, might hold weight. That's true. You could be issuing NFTs and then they also get fungibles and the fungibles could eventually have some redemption power, but the NFTs are just collectibles. Yeah, exactly. Like I see it being like, you know, I don't want to uh, pigeonhole someone into like stand in the community that might not that they might not want to be in in a long term. So I see like them being able to have like an exit route at any point in given time. Like they have the green light to just exit and they can take their bread with them. Like I don't want to be holding nobody up in, in any way, form or fashion. I think uh that's just like a, a basic idea that i was having around around that concept okay cool so so maybe yeah, then and you, you drop you also want to do multiple nft drops you know like you want to have something this month and then maybe next month you have a new collection you want to drop but contributors to both are both uh being a part of the DAO's members but you don't, you don't want to have the logistics of tracking what each collection's nfts contribute towards a sense of membership so what what if then uh to sort of move this along, what if you issued a membership NFT for the Ibn Inglor project? You have some artwork, it is an NFT, it represents being a member, uh, as well as, uh, let's just say the default in Juicebox is a million fungible tokens uh, per ETH originally. So you could airdrop uh, one NFT plus the amount of tokens corresponding to uh, how much they paid in the original mirror uh, drop, where one ETH equals one million. Just do the you know one-to-one. -one. Um, so if they give you 0.2, they get 200,000 uh, of the fungible tokens. And we just airdrop that to all of your day one supporters. And then there's a, anybody can join and be a new member. If they want, they can pitch in, set a price for that membership NFT. I don't know, 0 0.1, 0 0.5, one ETH, whatever you like, uh, which will also issue 
both the NFT and the membership tokens. If you want, you could do multiple levels of membership. I think maybe that's uh, more complicated than it needs to be for the first day. And then uh, you start, create the payment address, start pointing the sound and the Zora into this treasury. And then when you're ready to drop seven deadly sins, you drop them also in the same interface uh, right next to the uh, right next to the existing membership NFT. Uh, so people can continue becoming members or they can mint any of the seven NFTs uh, that represent ownership in the collection. I think you could do uh, maybe more than one NFT for each song, or you could leave it at one, something to think about. That doesn't need to be decided today. It's a future question. Um, but to correspond more with the SoundX Wizzy stuff, maybe you do want to have more. You could also do a mechanic like uh, Peripheralist's mechanic for capsules, where he had a large collection and there were seven special NFTs in the collection uh, that unlocked something. So maybe... They all seven of them need to be purchased for you to upload the songs to uh, Spotify, something like that. So there's no governance, but nevertheless, by purchasing the songs, they're participating in your publishing to the streaming platforms. Um, and uh, I think that would be a comprehensive thing. The, the only other criticism comment I wanted to make was I, the whole premise. I'm not totally sure that I think the meme of pointing uh, Spotify, like the whole premise of moving to web three is that Spotify doesn't pay shit. So the idea of putting emphasis on, we're going to point all the Spotify revenues at the treasury is a little bit unconvincing because the whole justification for the reason to move is, you know, nevertheless, I did talk to uh, Jonathan Mann of song a day last week, and he told me the numbers, uh, comparing, uh, the revenues from traditional rights and NFTs, uh, the NFTs were, something like five or 10 times as much uh, ETH. However, it was $19,000 that he made over the over the 2022, I believe, um, for the traditional streaming and, and licensing. So it wasn't insignificant. He has maybe reached a, a certain level of streaming popularity and maybe he has other kinds of placements that are generating revenues also. So I'm not against it entirely, but I do think that it's, especially for an indie musician, it's maybe maybe not as relevant or convincing given that the whole premise of moving to web three is to move away from dependence on those revenues. Um, so I would focus on, on trying to get the NFT sales up uh, and pointing all the NFT sales at a single spot. So Ibn, do you have thoughts on, on that plan? Yeah. I mean, I, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm down to move forward with that. I was just going to say my, my, um, uh, reply to, to that would be not, not just the Spotify streams, but I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like a, a wide range of percentage just across the board from whatever, like YouTube, YouTube royalties, sync royalties, whatever. Like I, I, I dedicate a certain percentage that goes back into the treasury from Web2 because essentially I want this treasury to continue to fund. It's like a reinvestment into myself and reinvestment into the community that I'm building. So I wanted to continuously fund different things that I'm trying to do, whether it be um, I use X amount of money from the treasury to launch a merch line and then I put 50% of the profits from the merch that was sold back into the treasury just to continue to sustain that treasury. That's cool. So yeah, that yeah, totally. I think it's, yeah, it's yeah. way more of a ceremonial thing and just like a, an action that's worth calling attention to than uh, a model that's meant to like enrich in the, the current moment. Right. I think we can imagine a greater future moment uh, where we build on that sense of loyalty to our community um but uh yeah like the current perks of all these platforms is distribution um and that's also a testament to the work that you've already done building your community and your your music and your catalog to the point you have uh some i'm excited to even if the treasury shares in three bucks every now and then for you know uh, a sense of compensation for thousands of streams I, i'm excited 
to see that come in. Cool. So next steps, I think, are to launch a project uh, with a first funding cycle where you retain minting permission over both the NFTs that you're going to drop, a single membership NFT. If you want to go crazy, you could add multiple. Uh, I think to start with one is fine. Uh, you should choose the price of that NFT, as well as uh, permission, uh, reserving permission for the owner of the project to mint the fungible tokens. We'll then use those permissions to mint NFTs and fungibles corresponding to the original mirror mint. You can make an announcement of that. Uh, meanwhile, you'll be open to new people joining member as members. And finally, creating the payment address, which is in the tools menu on Juicebox, which will let you uh, configure Sound, Zora, Manifold, etc., to point revenues into the Juicebox. Uh, when you do create that, you can add a little image and a little message. So every time revenues come in from one of your mints across Web3, there's a little message in your activity feed so people can have the the dopamine hit of seeing, oh, wow, this, this is more than just a juice box. This is coming from all across Web3. It's it's truly composable software. Gotcha. Awesome. I, I like that. I've heard that a lot. All right. So I'll get working on that tonight. Uh, quick, quick, quick question. Uh, I think it'd be cool because I really like what Dark Blocks is doing. So I was thinking like if we do the membership thing, it'd be cool to kind of like implement um, Dark Blocks with that one NFT, if that's possible. Can you remind me kinda, how Dark Blocks um, works? So, uh, to my knowledge, Dark Blocks is a. Hold on, let me find my let me find my notes because I had it wrote down. It's like a, a utility inside the NFT. So let's say um, if you get the if you're the only one that has the membership NFT, and I want to write a letter, I can send it. Basically, I could put it in that NFT, and you'll be the only one that kind of sees it. You'll be the only one that gets it. Or let's say I want to release one song a month, you won't really get that song. Uh, if you don't like, hold that NFT per se. So it's like, I guess, token gaining within the NFT itself. I think let's keep it simple. We have enough complexity and okay. challenge getting something shipped. I think let's revisit this idea later. Uh, frankly, I don't think that musicians should be token gating their music. They should get their music listened to because the listening is what generates the NFT revenues, which are far in excess of the revenues of the streaming. So restricting access to the music, unless you have a really hardcore fan base and you can monetize it in some other way uh, or, or being secretive is essential to your brand. I'm not sure it really fits the growth phase of a musician's career. No, I, I I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like either like a a rented note or like a piece of artwork or whatever the case may be. But just the general idea. But I'm I'm cool with that. I'll I'll get to working on the. Yeah, I think let's just get the treasury up, and then later on we can explore having other NFTs. Especially because none of the NFTs, uh, the, specifically the membership NFT for the funding cycle one, is not going to be something that is going to have special access. Uh, you know, I intrinsically to it. Uh, it would be like maybe some song you drop in the future, I guess. Or let, let, I think let's just push that. Let's let's not try and integrate too many things. Let's get something done. I'm down with that. All right. Cool. Okay. Uh, let's be in touch uh, in the Discord. If anybody wants to chat, uh, there's an Ibn Inglor channel in the Discord that people can check out. Uh, awesome. Thanks for coming through. Thanks, Ibn. All right. Last up, uh, we have Acidic, Santana, Castbots. How's it going? Hey, what's up, everybody? Enjoyed the uh, discussion so far. Awesome. So today we're going to talk about your proposal, which has passed the Kraus House uh, governance process. Uh, Kraushouse is a DAO dedicated to, I think ultimately their goal is to buy an NFT, uh, buy an NBA team. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So Kraushouse, the background is that, uh, it's a DAO that wants to buy an NBA team or, you know, become a minority owner, um, at this point. So I've been a member of the Kraushouse DAO for a long time. Um, and yeah, this whole project idea actually came out of, you know, talking to Nicholas cause, uh, I'm pretty passionate about, you know, the idea of having bounties that, um, are attached to smart contracts that people can then, you know, claim for doing a real world action. 
And uh, Nicholas had the great idea, like, hey, you know, why don't you try to rally a community to test that idea out? Um, so I was a member of Krause House, and I was thinking about it. I was watching, uh, uh, watching a random basketball game, and somebody was going off. Somebody was dropping 50 points, which is a fairly rare thing uh, in the NBA. Right? I think you get about, I don't know, one 50-point game. Um, every two weeks or three weeks, people are scoring a lot lately. Um, but my idea was like, oh, wait, what if you could, you know, have a bounty that's only claimable by, you know, a professional that completes a certain task? So uh, say there's a Web3 bounty and I was saying, all right, the next NBA player that hits 50 points in a game, they can claim the money that's in this contract. Um, so I went to the Krausehouse people and I floated this as, a, as an idea, uh, thinking that, all right, so could set up a juice box contract and Krause House seeds it with like a thousand bucks. And then anybody out there is able to contribute to it. Um, if, you know, any NBA player that drops uh, 50 points after the day of the bounty is eligible to claim it. Um, and then the, the catch being that to claim it, they do have to mint an NFT and send it to Krause House. Krause House would then raffle it off to, you know, one random contributor, right? So, you, you kind of incentivize donations by two different ways, right? Um, well, in one manner, you know, people might just want to uh, contribute to this experiment because it's interesting, right? Um, there has to be some value point where an NBA player would want to claim a bounty. Um, nobody really knows what that value point is, but that's the, the experiment of this all. It's like, all right, can we discover that? Is that $50,000, $10,000, $100,000? At what point are they going to go, oh, wow, there's this value out there for me to get um, I should go claim it. And then another piece of it is, you know, anybody that contributes, they might get a chance at, um, you know, Steph Curry mints a one-of-one one NFT to commemorate a 50-point game at, you know, Madison Square Garden, right? That's uh, a valuable piece of memorabilia, and you might randomly end up getting that because you contributed to it. Um, so that's the background on everything. It's, you know, fairly complex. So Nicholas was nice enough to say, hey, drop by. Because uh, now I got to figure out how to do all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, I would love I would love feedback and you know, just suggestions on uh, best way to go forward. My biggest, most primary question um, right now is I have to talk to Crosshouse tomorrow, and I need I'm going to have to tell them you know who's going to manage this. I don't want to hold the funds for Crosshouse. Uh, ideally, it ends up being somebody who's you know more senior member. Um, but I'm just wondering, should I? Would it be best to have one person from Krausehouse that manages everything? Can you do a multi-sig juice box? Is that going to make it too complex? Um, yeah, that's my main uh, worry right now. Yeah, so it's a brilliant idea. I just want to recognize the 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 idea. It's uh, it's it's so complete, you know, from from start uh, of like a seed of a of a meme to its its completion of raffling the NFT. The ceremonial NFT back out. It's such a good idea. And I think actually fairly simple to execute. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's a big, you know, like, is somebody actually going to claim this? Um, I don't know. I'd put, our, I'd put the odds at like 15%. Yeah, to be frank, like, it's it's a big ass. And to, to think our people are actually going to donate money, um, that's a big ass as well from a marketing lift. But uh, I think it's cool. So the, thank you for saying that. Um, means a lot. Uh, I, I hopefully think, uh, we can get yeah. them uh, to rally around it. Yeah, a small thing you could do is is make it no risk, right? So you can put funds in, and at any point you can take your funds out if you lose confidence that someone will actually claim the thing. So at worst, it's just a place to save your money, uh, and and then like at the end of the day, um, you, you can even lock that that commitment over time. So you can say like, 
no one can claim this for the next 30 days. It's like pure one-to-one refunds. Put your money in, access it uh, without like 100% trust. And then only if it happens uh, within a 30 days period can the athlete then come and, and, uh, and kind of reach out and express interest. And then uh, whoever's owning the project, which I'm with you, is, is the, the one interesting design choice. Uh, can the funds be actually uh, locked and then distributed? Yeah, that is one thing. Uh, it, it will be the timeline will be the end of the 2023 season. So, um, the yeah, the way that we're going to uh, put it out there is like, hey, we're going to have this bounty. Uh, the funds will be locked to the end of the season. But after that, if nobody has claimed it, you're getting your money back. Right. You can come reclaim it from the juice box. Um, treasury. Is there any reason you can't enable refunds during that duration? Is it, do they have to be locked once put someone donates or can they just put them in, take them out? doesn't matter. I think that's, that is something I'll bring up with Krauss house tomorrow and see what they want to do. I personally, I would like to see the refunds. Um, I think it makes more sense to have refunds happen naturally that like that builds more trust. Um, totally. But I also don't love you know, it's like, okay, now you get a, like a run on the bank. If, you know, the first 50 point game happens and like somebody doesn't immediately claim it. And now people start withdrawing, like you lose that momentum. Um, it's like, if people are fine with leaving it in there, I would like to avoid that happening too. But I, yeah, this is, that's a great I point. Think, to bring up, so I'll, I'll talk about that. I think that. no one is going to, is going to withdraw. I think yeah. only people who need liquidity. And I think the only effect it could have is, is allowing someone with, the marginal extra hundred dollars that they may not know whether they can put in and lock in for six months to actually contribute while knowing they still have access in the worst case scenario. But I don't think anyone contributing is actually going to lose faith in the experiment until uh, the end of the season anyways. If but anything, again, the ability to pull it out is just confidence inspiring. Seeing someone else pull it out is more likely to make me put it in. Uh, for people who are less familiar with Juicebox and don't maybe know how to read the advanced settings and stuff, just seeing that someone can put it in, take it out, put it back in is probably going to get pe- more people to donate. It won't affect Krauthouse because Krauthouse will be able to will be able to refund for the entire duration, but won't do so until the end of the season. So it won't really affect the the principal, the 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 thousand dollars they're putting in. Uh, but I think it would increase the activity of other people making donations. Uh, as regards to talking to Krauthouse, I would just say that's what you should do. Like you should just say this is what I think we should do because giving them the option just makes them have to go through this whole conversation. Also, uh, if you figure out what you think makes sense, I, I, people just want to make less decisions generally. So if you think it's a good idea and it gives a kind of insurance policy to anybody who's donating, then I think you can just present it as the best plan. And if they ask, Oh, but isn't that a bad idea? Then you can say, okay, we could turn it off if, if we have to. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, and then the other piece is that I do want to set up out of the meeting tomorrow with them. I'm going to figure out right, who's going to be running this, who's going to be managing. And then I want to set up a meeting with you all. Um, so yeah, I feel comfortable just saying that's, I'm going to tell them from the, from the jump that the way that we should set this up is that it's open withdrawals at any time. Cool. And then for the multi-sig question, I think I would do, um, you know, at least one person from Krauss house, maybe one person from Juicebox. I, I will do it if you want. Um, I would, I would put you on the multi-sig also and make it like two of three, or if they want to have more people from Krauss house, you can make it some threshold that includes, uh, more people, uh, you know, a three of four or something or two of four. Um, the goal being to, uh, have the, the project owned, not by an individual who could at any point completely reconfigure the project. Um, 
of course, we could make a configuration that would limit their ability, such as setting a long funding cycle. Uh, like, let's say you set a funding cycle that lasts however many days are left in the season. Uh, you turn redemptions on so people can put it money in and take money out as they please. Uh, Kraushaus dumps in a thousand and gets the, the receipt tokens that allow them to claim their refund at the end. Um, if it was owned by an individual at the end when it's the time to reconfigure to... I guess you you can't even be locking it that long because you want to be able to give the prize to any player who claims it during the season. So you're going to need to retain configuration permission on the project and not have it locked. You could lock it for shorter durations, like one week or a few days, so that you can't suddenly change everything. Um, but I, regardless, you're going to have to retain that permission. So I wouldn't give it to just a single person from Krausehouse. The other reason I wouldn't do that is because they're probably not going to be expert at doing the configuration, and it would be helpful to have someone from Juicebox uh, or someone who is just knowledgeable be able to do that uh, to give them a hand to configure the and submit the transaction to the Gnosis safe so they can just sign. Okay. And so it's not, it's a trivial thing to do multi-sig. It's, it's not going to be trivial. overly complex. Okay, sweet. Trivial. Perfect. Um, the other thing I would say is I don't, I, maybe I missed it when you said it at the front, but I, I thought it was a very good idea to say that the, or did you have an idea of what the NFT is the, the that's being raffled? Did you mention? Yeah, the, the idea was to you know really leave it open to um, the player, and because I'm figuring it's probably going to be a player's PR department. Um, one other piece uh, to note of, of this is Crosshouse has already said that the money can't go directly to a player because uh, sure. there are some legal legal worries about that, so it has to go to a player's charity. Um, so you know, with that in mind, we're probably dealing with a player's PR. So my suggestion to you with this is that the the in order to claim, they must uh, tweet, they must mention Krausehouse in the tweet, and they must also mention the charity that they want to donate to, and they must post a picture in their tweet of them with some Krausehouse logo or some shit on their phone. And this is the ultimate way that you can generate buzz for Krausehouse and make it a profitable thing for, for Krausehouse in terms of publicity, uh, to make it that the requirement in order to claim is that no, not some random PR intern can send a tweet from a personal, no, the player must acknowledge in person on Twitter with a photo, and that photo becomes the content of the NFT's metadata. The donors are then in a raffle for an image with Krausehouse, which they're already a part of, uh, and, and a player from the NBA, which is their favorite thing. What do you think if, the, I mean, the tweet's a requirement, but they can still, because the only thing I don't want to limit is, you know, the, a lot of these players, they have artistic sides to them, um, I would love to see if they, you know, they go all out, they get a graphic designer, they make a really cool commemorative visual to go along with it, right? I think it's very unlikely. I think the open-endedness of it is going to make it less attractive. If it's something that they can do in five seconds as they leave the court or as they're at practice, uh, and it really is very, they can literally hold up the phone that they have in their hand already with Krausehouse's logo and name a charity. Uh, then you have a good chance that they'll do it and you're generating some content that will actually have buzz. Maybe you're going to get onto blogs because you've got a crypto crossover with an NBA player related to a DAO that's trying to buy an NBA team versus if you leave this open-ended thing like, oh, or, you know, or make your own art or whatever. They're never going to do it because it's just they don't want to think about it. They don't have the time. Uh, I, I, if you find an artistic basketball player who wants to claim it, let them talk to you and say, actually, I want the NFT to be this. And you can open that door if the conversation goes that direction, if you have that much bandwidth with them. But my suspicion is these are multimillionaires who have a lot of shit going on and serious endorsement deals and whatever. They, it's unlikely that the open-ended question is going to incentivize them. It's probably going to disincentivize them because it's more overhead. They have to make decisions that they don't want to make. No, yeah, I totally understand that, uh, that argument too. I, I, I'll probably... 
I'm going to open up the question to uh, the team tomorrow, right? Because I, the way that I did present it to them was, you know, that that sort of, I, I talked with some of the members of them. They're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, Damian Lillard would totally do his own NFT, right? So that was something that they were thinking as well. I, I do want the tweet stipulation. That's huge. I think you should, no matter what, there should be a requirement that you, you need to post about it on social media to guarantee that it's real um, and to get that PR buzz. So then I, I would pitch it I, I would pitch it like you need to do the tweet, the one that I mentioned specifically, they need to post a photo mentioning the charity and Krause House in a tweet with a photo of them holding up a Krause House logo. You need to get the picture with Krause House. Uh, that, that's essential. Don't forget that. That's essential uh, because that's where Krause House gets publicity on whatever sports blogs. Um, with a, you know, sports, sports audience. And there's a reason Krauss House exists. There's a great crossover between people who love American sports and people who are into crypto. So the opportunity to have a photo op uh, as a stipulation for claiming the prize is something you should not forget to present to Krauss House. Uh, second of all, I agree with you. There are probably basketball players and maybe the Krauss House people love this idea. I would say that's the second half of the second tweet in the thread announcing the contest is... To claim, you have to post a photo, blah, 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 and that photo becomes the NFT, or if the player, blah, 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 but it's the, it's the last clause in the thing, because that's going to look like work, uh, and that's going to look like un, like relatively unpaid work uh, to most people. So I, I would probably minimize that in order to get the increase the chances of a conversion. Sounds good. So I'm just putting some notes down right now. Okay. I think this is fine. Um, yeah, and no, I, mean, yep. I appreciate, I appreciate you walking me through this and um, pushing me. You, yeah, you were the one that pushed me towards uh, this idea. So I'm so happy you came through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, ideally, I, I talked to somebody else from uh, Wagme United today too. They, you know, they're looking to buy a. Actually, they do manage. They manage a a team in England, right? A semi-pro soccer team. Um, and you know, one of the people there was like, "Oh, oh yeah, we could we could do a similar thing." So awesome. hopefully, you know, coming out of this, we can get a couple. Uh, more, more events like this and you know, raise some community buzz. Yeah, I also love the cross-community opportunities here. There's a lot that we can uh, kind of leverage each other's strengths for to, to fundraise and, and, and distribute these these, these missions uh, too. Absolutely. This is dope. I'm so glad that you're doing this uh, project. It's, it's, it's awesome. And it really came out of that conversation that we first had over DM. Uh, that's, so it's beautiful. Uh, one last thing that we didn't cover. Uh, what do you think about dropping an NFT as a part of the fundraising thing? So uh, they can mint, donors can just donate whatever they want or for 0.1 ETH, like something a little bit above what we expect people might want to naturally spend in a freeform input. Uh, you know, there's some kind of NFT. Uh, we can provide support for doing art or maybe Krauss has internal artists or friends that would like to do something. Uh, and that way there's, there's a little bit of NFT magic uh, associated as well. Yeah, hundred percent. I have that. Uh, that is like the third bullet point in my conversation from tomorrow. Is you know, hey, we, we should definitely do the NFT feature because I've seen how that works with Juicebox and um, people seem to love it, right? So it's like, and I know they have uh, in how or I don't know. I I guess they could outsource their original NFTs. When I when I bought in the Cross House, that was like a year and a half ago, um, and I got an NFT from it. Like it's you know, a holographic ticket. It's pretty nice. So. If they still have whoever did those, I'm sure that uh, that they're going to want to jump at that opportunity. So I think that's a hundred percent what they want to do with this. Awesome. And so I would say, just for the pitch tomorrow, I would go in with a very clear plan of what you want. They can definitely change anything that you say, but being confident about the strategy will 
convey the energy that you want them to receive in receiving the idea rather than just tweaking it in ways that maybe will make it less successful. So I would be really specific about what you think is the best thing to do. And absolutely anything can be changed through conversation, but having that strength of confidence about this is actually, we thought about this a lot before I came to talk to you today. And we think this is a really good idea for these, these, and these reasons will help to convince them that, you know, what you're doing, it's not a dangerous thing. They should definitely go through with it and they should actually be super supportive of it because it's a huge publicity event for them. Also, I would say on the NFT, you can make clear to them because they might be concerned if they have NFT-based membership to their thing, and especially if you're going to suggest that they maybe recycle the artist from the original collection, that these can be visually distinct such that there is no confusion between a membership of Krauss House and a support of this project. All right, that's a really good point. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like this, this convo has really helped tie it up the loose ends, so I should be good to go for the call tomorrow. Sick. Excellent. Well, thank you. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the discord. So, uh, any other questions come up beforehand? I think the, the combos are like two o'clock tomorrow. Great. Let me know if, if you want to run by any, like the draft of notes you want to present to them or something, feel free to post it, tag me and we can talk about it and just hammer out anything that's missing. Great. We'll do it. Awesome. I guess that's the end of this episode. How was that for you, Django? It was amazing. That was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very inspiring to see, these ideas being being patched together um, on, on on the interfaces. It's like huge, huge chefs everyone who's worked on this stuff. And yeah, it's really all about what folks do with the tools and how they leverage them to build these these intercommunity trends. And I'm I'm blown away. Totally. It makes me really excited some of the projects we talked to today about um splits pair in the interface. I think that's going to be great for letting people re gain revenues and then still do like a split. Like Gabriel was using zero X splits originally. Uh, it would be cool if he could split off some percentage to, to enable that open edition, uh, regen mechanic he was talking about. Um, and also, um, uh, with Ibn, like, uh, the forthcoming, uh, burn, a ERC 20 mechanic for getting a, you know, swap token swaps for becoming a member of something. I think that'll also be great. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily a, a juice box native functionality. You can just build, like take the tools, take the accounting primitives that exist by interacting with the treasury, and then build auxiliary components that stitch them together. Um, I'm kind of like not that much in favor of pursuing narrow purposes, like as a juice box protocol, because um, a lot of these only kind of apply to a, a specific use case, and we need to find resources to be able to go after those and create experiences for those. But there certainly are patterns emerging that are generalizable to all projects. And I think those are very interesting to pay attention to, just to make sure that we have a set of general tools that can be extended to do these different things. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, I think splits and burning tokens are probably relatively generalizable. It's We'll see. Yeah, splits is already there. Um, the, it's not in the interface. Functionality is already there. Yeah, it's not in the interface. That needs to be in the, the project pair. It's also a thing, right? Like the, the front end team is doing a lot, and they have a lot of different responsibilities, and some uh, cognizant of the priority prioritization effort there. And uh, would be nice to find a way out of that. But I think it's just the nature of nature. Totally. Uh, an argument for another day, but I, I think we, we should very much focus on uh, supporting specific applications because what we lack right now is specific applications. Um, so when we see things taking off, I think we should pay attention, not immediately do exactly what that project needs specifically, but um, you know, if we see things around people selling NFTs related to their Twitter following, 
and they can't produce them fast enough, I think that's something we should pay attention to and not be afraid to lean into actual applications, which everybody else is providing. And we're stuck in this kind of generic, uh, unspecified space that leaves people wondering, what is this thing for? Both. Both. Yes. And, uh, all right. Great episode, everybody. Thank you for coming through, uh, and see you next week. Thanks everybody. See you all.